I hope you don't mind that I share a cuppa with you as we chat this morning. Because what we're um, dealing with is more of a chat than it is anything else. Uh, it's a chat around Jesus, as portrayed in the popular streamed television show called The Chosen. And we covered, uh, two weeks ago we started this with episode one, last week we covered episode two, this is covering episode three this week. And if you um, want to hear what we did last week, just look below this video in what's called the description. And the description will have some links and you can go to those links and listen to things and watch things and, and do all that, including the links to the actual show that we would encourage you to watch because it's, it's brilliant. And so this week we're engaging with children. And so I'm going to show you the first few scenes, just cut together. I've left a couple other things out that are kind of the larger story of what's going on for purposes today. We're going to cut to just what's talking about, and then we're going to chat about it. And these scenes are all beautiful, uh, just beautiful. So please enjoy. There was one tool I've never seen before. I don't know what it's for. I think he was building stuff. I don't know. And there was some food too, but even though I was hungry, I didn't take any because that would be wrong. But... Maybe we could take a little bit this time. What do you think? But I'm glad I didn't, because that's when the man got there. Come on, go faster. I'm trying, Abby, but your legs are going too fast. If he comes this time, should we say something to him? I think if you're with me, it's okay. I didn't see a sword or anything like that, so I don't think he'll kill us, and he seemed nice. Do you have a sword, just in case? Oh, we're almost there, here it is. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who gives forth bread from this earth. And I pray that if there are ever two children who come visit my home here, that you will give them the courage Stay. to say shalom, so that they will know they do not have to remain in hiding. He's a good man. Stay. Amen. Stay. We are going to stay. <laughs> What's that sound I hear? Sheep don't sound like that. <laughs> no, that's definitely not sheep. Maybe a rooster? Greetings, children. You know, it is not safe for a child to wander from their home. You never know if there are bad men around. You are wise to bring your friend this time. Joshua. Shalom, Joshua. I admire your bravery to come here. You are a good friend. Well, don't worry. I'm not a bad man. See, I know it. You are free to stay for a bit, but I'm afraid I have some work to do. Okay. And thank you for not taking any food yesterday. I know it. So, what are you doing here? I'm visiting for a time. Where are you from? Nazareth. What is that wood for? I'm building something. Are you a carpenter? Sometimes, but I'm a craftsman. I build all kinds of things. So, why don't you live in the house? I travel a lot. How do you make money? Happy. Just asking him how he makes money. I know, you shouldn't. It's okay. I don't make money when I travel. So for now, I build things and trade them for my food and clothing. What is that? Ah, this is going to be a lock and key. Joshua, ask him questions, he's nice. No, thank you. What else will you build? 
Wealthy people love decorations and toys for their children. But my family isn't wealthy. Many times that's better. I don't know about that. <laughs> you will. My mom made me this. Oh, what's her name? Sarah. Very pretty. Okay, time to go home. Bye. So Jesus asked the kids if they'd ever prayed or if they knew the Shema. And the Shema was the centerpiece to all Jewish prayer life. It was what sat right in the heart of it. And every devout Jew would know the Shema and would say a morning Shema and an evening Shema and sometimes a Shema in the middle of the day. It was taken from the Old Testament passages, Deuteronomy 6, 4-9, Deuteronomy 11, 13-21, and Numbers 15, 37-41. And it was taught at a very young age, often in the home by the parents to, to help their rhythms of life with God infiltrate children's lives. Um, and it was the words you just heard. And so here they are. I'm just going to read them again um, and we're going to chat about it. Here, Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And it shall come to pass. If you surely listen to the commandments I command you today, that you may gather in your grain, your wine and your oil, and you will eat and you will be satisfied. I am the Lord your God who led you from the land of Egypt to be a God to you. I am the Lord your God. Amen. The Shema means to hear, to heed, to lean into. It was a prayer that was built around the Jewish rhythms of life so that their lives could actually be lived with God. To pray the Shema was literally receiving the kingdom of heaven. So if you prayed the Shema, you were, or it might be even Shema, but you were receiving the kingdom of heaven. Now heaven is a metaphor for God. So to pray this prayer was to know and to have and to live in the presence of God right now. And as the children recite this prayer, we see that Jesus is powerfully moved by their obedience and by their surrendering to what was being prayed. Now they were yet to realize it, but as they prayed this very prayer with Jesus, they were also in this very moment living with Jesus. So they were experiencing the fullness of this prayer by their actions, by their presence, by where they were, because they were in the presence of Jesus. But the danger is that it's just a prayer until it is lived and tasted and known and experienced. Until then, it's a desire, isn't it? It's a hope and a cry of our hearts. But what happens when the reality of life that we all know comes crashing into and collides with the wanting to live in the presence of Jesus? What happens then? What about when people wrong us or when we act dishonestly? 
or when we're enduring conflict or when we get sick or when we watch the news and it stirs our anxieties or when we can't meet at church or church isn't like how we want it to be. When, when in the briefness of a moment, the kingdom of heaven is gone and the kingdom of this world reigns. What, what happens then? What, what do we do? Well, as you know, I've just been on a six-day holiday. And on that holiday, um, there was a, a particular moment where I'm involved in a lot of things outside of church. So involved in community groups and stuff like that. And I do that because I think it's really healthy for Christians to be involved in things outside of the church and to give to things outside of the church. And um, there's opportunity that God has led me to, to do that. And so I'm involved in a number of, of things. And uh, during the week, this one particular situation uh, became really inflamed. And someone uh, who's part of that uh, spoke to me via a messenger service, a, a digital messaging service. And they vented their frustration. And they didn't just vent their frustration. They um, they had a go. And so, so they really spoke to me, but really were disgruntled and dissatisfied with what they perceived I had done in the particular thing, um, which wasn't actually the case. But then I'm trying to explain it to them. But they were really upset. So I, so I called and they wouldn't answer. And I had this moment. I'm like, I'm on holiday. I've really needed this holiday. I've been tired. I... I just I needed a chance to break and right in the middle of this this opportunity where it felt like I was experiencing the presence of God, where there was a sense of shalom, where there was this peace, this this like restoration of my soul taking place. It was like I was ripped from there back into the kingdom of this world that operates very different to the kingdom of God. And I was upset. I was mad. I was angry. Something had been taken away from me and I was powerless to stop it. What do we do then? What do you do when that happens? Because that's part of being a human, right? That's, that's just what happens. When the kingdom of heaven is ripped away from you and what you're left with is the kingdom of this world and you're like, it does, doesn't feel like it should work this way and it's not fair what's going on. Well, I want to show you another scene from The Chosen where Jesus has now been hanging out with these kids for quite some time and he starts to challenge them on this very issue. He starts to speak into it and it's fascinating and beautiful what he says did half an hour eh? can we be around today uh, these are my other friends and joshua again shalom abigail's friends and joshua again shalom. Shalom. shalom can we be around today i suppose but i have some work to do you might have to help good How much longer are you going to stay here? Until it is time for me to go. When's that? Well, I have some work to do here. And some people to meet. And then I will know the right time. You seem nice. Are you dangerous? Hmm. Maybe to some. But no, not to you. And I won't harm anyone. Do you have friends? A few. More to come. Abby said you travel a lot. Do you have a house? My father provides everything I need. Is your father rich? <laughs> Did Abigail tell you to ask me that? No. That is a question for another time. What's your favorite food? Oh, Joshua the Brave speaks. <laughs> 
Hmm. I like so many different foods, but I especially love bread for many reasons. How are those spoons coming along, girls? Good? String, is it tight? Yep. Almost? Okay. So tell me, do you all know how to pray the Shema? Yes. Oh, I would love to hear it. You lead us. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And it shall come to pass if you surely listen to the commandments I command you today. That you may gather in your grain, your wine, and your oil. you have a home? My home is many places. Why? Because I have a much larger job than just being a craftsman or a teacher. You're a teacher too? I will be soon. What other job? Everyone has a much larger job than just their trade. And you are more than just students. You are at school to show love to one another and to take God's word and to share it and at home to honor your father and mother. And most important, from the law of Moses, to love who? The Lord, your God, with all your heart. Very good, Joshua the Brave. So, I will be doing my work in many places. You see, to follow Jesus is to surrender to a different way of life where God is on the throne. Why, why do we want justice for ourselves when God says he will sort it out for us? Why do we want control when God says, I want to be in control of your life? Why do we want peace when God says, I am the prince of peace? Why do we want rest when God says, well, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? This was the realization I had to come to on holiday. That the things I worry about and that I take on board, they are not my things to worry about or take on board. They are God's because I am God. And if God doesn't want for my life the same things I want for my life, then I have a choice. Do I trust him that he knows what's best for me? And everything else, or do I, do I take cling to that for dear life? If, if you're a parent, or you've ever looked after children in any form, you, you see things happen and about to happen before they happen, don't you? So the other day, Hamish appears after having a shower, and he's got his towel wrapped around, and he's soaking wet, and he's standing on the tiles. He's standing on the tiles, and he's dripping wet. And, and what do we say? Well, don't run. Be careful. You'll easily fall and hurt yourself. And what does he do? Or, or the other day, Zari appears with a spray bottle and says to Hamish, let's play where I spray you in the face with this spray bottle and you pretend it's poison and pretend to die. And Hamish quite rightly says, 
no. And Zari gets this look in her eye, and you know what the look is. And we step in and we say, don't do it to us. He's been clear. You know how this will end. And what did she do? They both had the same choice that we actually have on a much more serious way every single day. We live in the tension of being torn from the kingdom of heaven where we love to dwell and thrown into the kingdom of this world where it's every person for themselves. And there's only one thing that determines the kingdom we're in and it's who sits on the throne. When you're worried, when you're sick, when you're struggling, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're greedy, when you're lustful, when you're keeping secrets, when all of that takes place, who is sitting on the throne of your life? Who is the boss? Who do you consider Lord? They're actually the questions that pin down for us how our life will be and how the world will work out, which kingdom we belong to. Jesus is asked a question like this. One of the children asks him, they say, well, what's your job? What's the purpose of you being here? And what Jesus reveals is what enables us and every generation since to put their trust in him. Listen to these words. So what did you do? I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop pushing me. So I pushed him so hard he fell down. And that's why you were punished. Did you expect something different? But even Torah says eye for eye. Why should I be punished too? Yes, but that is for a judge. You were hardly in a court of law. And you, all of you, are to be special. You are to act differently than others. You tell us to be gentle, but Rabbi Josiah said Messiah would lead us against the Romans, that he would be a great military leader. It is important to respect your teachers and honor your parents. And Rabbi Josiah is a smart man. But many times, smart men lack wisdom. Is there anything in scripture that says Messiah will be a great military leader? There are many things about scripture that you cannot understand yet. Then that is okay, that is fine. You have many years ahead of you. And God does not reveal all things at once. But children, what if many of the things that our people think about how we are to behave and how we are to treat one another are wrong? You want things to be fair. When someone wrongs you, you want to right it. And you know who else loves justice? But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses about justice and vengeance? Vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? <laughs> the Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. Do you remember when David had the chance to kill King Saul, who was evil to him? didn't. Saul was God's anointed. And it was not the right time for justice. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... what? Uh, uh, let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh?
When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way. Not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. But do not expect Messiah to arrive in Jerusalem on a tall horse carrying weapons. And he will be most pleased with those of you who are the peacemakers. Where were you yesterday? I had to stay in town later on. There was a woman who needed my help. Did you build something for her? No. You remember when I said that I have a job that is bigger than my trade? There is a woman who has had much pain in her life. And she was in trouble. So I helped her. Is she your friend? She is now. And I have chosen her and others, and more soon, to join me in traveling. Do they know you? Not yet. But what if they don't like you? <laughs> Many won't. This is my reason for being here. I still don't understand. What is your reason for being here? I'm telling you this. Because even though you are children, and the elders in your life have lived longer, many times, adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith, really tightly, Someday soon, you will understand all of what I am saying to you. But you ask an important question, Abigail. What is my reason for being here? And the answer is for all of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus quotes from Isaiah, who the gospel writer Luke captures. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, so to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's captured in Luke as Jesus' first sermon. And that word favor, it sits in there bold and loud at the end. It's a word that has been spiritually and theologically abused over the years, a word some Christians are scared to talk about. But it's an exclamation point on the rule of God. God's favour extends to all, the deserving and the undeserving, the rich and the poor, the hated and the hateful, the young and the old, the wise and the foolish. All are welcome to sit under the favour of God that Jesus brings that makes the kingdom look different to everything out that gives us hope and strength when this world rips it away from us the word favor is more closely translated in the greek to the word acceptable or approved 
The translators use this word favor because we think it benefits us more, but it's actually a word that states our belonging to God. Jesus came to show what was acceptable to God, what is approved by God. And the answer in this is us. We are acceptable to God. We are approved by God because of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing you can do makes you acceptable or approved by God. Nothing I can do. (laughs) But it's what Jesus did for us that then he offers us. So we stand before God with Jesus and God looks at Jesus and sees that we're with Jesus and says, you're acceptable and approved by me. That is the favor of God. And that is what makes the kingdom that we live in, that we choose to live in so radically different. It's a beautiful thing, but we can only enter it like children. Like when we trust Jesus. Like when we give in to the fact that Jesus has our best interest in mind and loves us. When we can move away from everything else and turn to Jesus and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, Lord, I, I want to belong to you. Just what my prayer is for you. That regardless of what you're facing today, you will put Jesus on his throne in your life. And that by doing that, you would know the favor of God and the power of God, and that would sustain you now and forevermore. Let me pray. Lord, we, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence and your life and the refreshing that your life brings into our lives. And so, Lord, we pray you might sustain us. You might strengthen us. You might build us up. The Lord, we would live in your kingdom. We would always choose your kingdom. We would always choose your rule. We would always choose your reign and your power and your kingship in our lives. So, Lord, help us to belong to you. Enable us to belong to you. That we are yours and that you are ours. And we ask this in your powerful and almighty name. And everybody agreed and said... Amen. Let's sing some songs to let's sing a song to round off our time today.